are back for another par train. It is just Matt and I for the intro. Don't worry, Strat's with us for the full interview, but right now he is giving swim lessons to his three-year-old, so he couldn't join us to record the intro. But Matt, tell our listeners about this incredible interview we have today. Uh, it's just a really, really cool interview. Uh, we had Chris Kaiser actually on the par train, uh, son of, uh, Mike Kaiser. Um, this is, uh, how do we say it? They're just one of the great golfing family stories really in the last 20 to 30 years from an architecture design standpoint. Um, maybe ever. Leo's, yeah, really ever. Um, uh, so Chris, uh, uh, works, uh, in the family business, uh, for, he's the vice president of MLK consulting and, uh, yeah, folks, just think Man and Dunes, Pacific Dunes, the original Dunes Club in Michigan, Sand Valley, Ben Crenshaw. It's the story of you know taking you know Lynx Golf to America, um, the experience of Lynx Golf to America, and this family has built some of the greatest golf courses in the world today, and are building more. You know, we talked about some of the courses in Scotland, and you know Nova Scotia. I mean, Ev, it was pretty, it was pretty cool that. You know, Chris got into it. Funny enough, Chris and I used to compete in high school against each other, and we had some fun with that. So uh, this is a really great, kind of a different interview for uh, the part train, and we were really proud to get Chris on. Yeah, man, it's funny. We talked about this before we came on. I'm grinding right now. Uh, forgot my <laughs> podcast mic in the parking lot, in my car, on the phone hotspot. Uh, so if the audio isn't as good in the intro, you guys know why. But I'm about to have a military crew run past us. So if you hear it, you know, we're just out here having fun. Are we having fun? But seriously, though. All for, for an those, intro. <laughs> I don't – not everybody is lucky enough to go play Bannon Dunes as one example, which was Kaiser's biggest property. It was the second one that he built. But um, I feel like every golfer has heard of Bannon Dunes, and we get to talk to Chris, who was there from the beginning, and – I mean, from insider travel tips to Bannon and Sand Valley to the common mistake first-time visitors make to the similarities and differences between all the resorts, how they create this experience of an elevated golf experience but really inclusive and fun. There's one caveat, though, with this interview. I'm going to give a warning message. When you listen to this, you are going to want to leave your job or school, wherever it is, and go play golf immediately or book a trip to one of their properties and, and, and the, here comes the, 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 right the, the experience they're creating at, at their golf courses is really you know every golfer's dream i mean so it's <laughs> and, and and they're only growing their portfolio so uh again like i said it was it was just great talking to chris and hear about the kaiser brand and the vision all right let's kick it off let's do this all right we're back for another part train boys we were talking this morning and last night we're excited about this one. We got Chris Kaiser on the phone, VP of Operations and Finance at MLK Consulting. Part of our favorite family in golf, arguably a family that's changing the game. Now, before we dive in, Chris, and we introduce you, I want to I want to tee one up for you. I heard you and Serm used to battle it out in high school golf back in Chicago. You want to tell us about that? Well, if if Matt said we battling it out in high school. He's being generous. I was on a very mediocre golf team, St. Ignatius Wolfpack, and Sir Mac was a, uh, a state contender every single year. So oh. he whooped on us every year. That's that's really how it went. Wow. Well, Sir, just grinding uh, early. Wow. Well, the Shamrocks had some success in a you know, 
kind of out of nowhere. I was lucky to have some brothers on the team, but uh, <laughs> oh, he's making, he's a team guy. He's a team guy. Throws it back. A, younger brothers and older brothers, but we had some good times. Good times for sure. Chris, we my first question we got to ask you. Obviously, you know your family and your dad, Mike Kaiser, are known for building Bandon Dunes and Sand Valley and a bunch of other properties that we'll talk about. If that was me, I would be wanting to play those resorts every day twice a day i gotta ask you how often do you play at your own resorts that's a great question um you know when, when i tell people what i do they say oh you must play a ton of golf and play abandoned um you know i've been to as an example abandoned dunes probably six times in the last six months and i think i've played two rounds oh. um in in those six trips so it can be it can be a little painful to make the trek out west you make it all that way you get some beautiful weather and uh, more often than not, I'm, I'm inside or, you know, meeting with folks on site versus playing. But, um, you know, my dad, my dad has always said it's important to play the rounds out there. My mom, you know, would give him some grief about playing golf all the time. And he'd say, you know what? That's our product. You got to get out there and you got to play it. So God bless him. Not as God often. Him. Yeah. Not as often as I'd like, but uh, it's a must do. You got to see, see how the greens are playing. That's what we say about the podcast. This is our product. We got to get out there. You know, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, always do market research. Always record. So dads are usually notorious for having crazy ideas. Uh, my dad always used to think pizza huts would make great jewelry shops. Um, your Whoa. dad saw a strip of land up in Oregon and thought, hell, this would be an incredible golf course. Did you guys, you know, see his vision? Did Was he kind of, uh, you know... How did he convince people that Bandon was going to be a great idea? And did you guys have any clue that it was going to kind of be what it is today? Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't think most people really, really saw what he saw. Um, he started looking for a prime piece of land to build a Lynx golf course, what he thought didn't really, you know, yet exist at the time in the United States. Um, so in the 90s, he started looking for, for this parcel, and he, he started on the East Coast. And he went, you know, top to bottom and it was either too expensive or, or not quite right. Um, so several years in, he was kind of exploring Oregon and he got this tip about, you know, what is now um, a, a parcel where Bandon Dune sits. So, you know, leading up to that, we would do trips out west in Oregon. And, and I was younger. I was maybe six, seven at the time and thought we were just going on going on a hiking trip. You know, little little did I know. And, and now I do know that we were on a scouting trip. To, uh, to see the land and, and see if it would if it would work for a golf course. So um, I was a little bit too young to even fully realize probably what was happening as he was um, carrying on that search. And I think once he committed to the land and then started telling people, yeah, I'm building a golf course in, in Oregon, um, he'd be the first to tell you that, that most of his close friends and advisors told him he'd be a fool to do it and that he should immediately stop and get back to his day, day job and forget about it. Um, so thank God he didn't, and uh, he, he saw what maybe few others saw. I mean, did you guys think he was crazy as his sons, or <laughs> or what did you think? Um, you know, I, I think because he was our our dad, we um, we we believed in him through it all. Uh, our sure. mom was a little a little skeptical, maybe, uh, of the project, but um, but thought. I think there's some great line I'm forgetting exactly, but that he needed to get it out of his system. So let's, let's let him go on this wild, wild journey. And then uh, maybe he'll return home. Classic mom line. Yeah. She tried putting him in his place, but he carried on and, 
no, we just had a great time going on those trips, even though we didn't quite realize where it was heading. Before we get too much into Bandon and Sand Valley, um, I, I definitely want to talk about a few of the other courses in the Kaiser portfolio. And we, we kind of want you to tell the listeners about uh, Cabot Links in Nova Scotia, but also the Dunes Club in New Buffalo, Michigan, where you and I used to battle it out in high school. Um, <laughs> we'd love to kind of go and do a little, a little deep dive about those two tracks. Yeah, the, the Dunes Club was my dad's first foray into golf development. Um, he and my mom had bought a home in the New Buffalo area 35 plus years ago. And at that time, it, you know, it's now fully developed with homes, you know, right on the bluff. At that time, there's really nothing else there. Um, so he was running his greeting card company at the time and was a, you know, self-professed golf nut. Um, you know, he'd wake up at five to drive out to Cock Hill and play. He'd go on day trips uh, with, I think, a friend of his who was a, a member at Pine Valley. And at Pine Valley, he was just <laughs> really inspired by the architecture and the track. And, um, you know, started thinking maybe maybe I could build, you know, some kind of homage to Pine Valley or, or something, you know, along those lines. So ultimately, he, he bought up um, enough land for, for nine holes about a mile away from uh, his and my mom's lake home up in New Buffalo and built the Dunes Club, which opened in, in 1989. Um, you know, some visuals similar to Pine Valley with exposed sand and uh, sand dunes and, and scrubby, you know, pines and stuff like that. Um, that was really his, his first project. Um, and it went. It went well. It was well received, and he loved the experience. And that just got him, you know, thinking about the next, the next big project, which was, you know, Bandon Dunes and that whole process that I was talking about earlier. And Chris, for the listeners and for Stratton Ev, the Dunes is a nine-hole course. You and you play it twice, and you play it from different tees and different pin locations. I mean, it, it's pretty, it's pretty unique in that sense, and it's a great experience for people who come. Yeah, no, absolutely, nine holes, and typically so. If, if you, you know, the four of us are playing, we'll, we'll finish our nine. As we're playing the nine, the agronomy team will go out and switch the cups. So you can have different tees, different pin positions. And the whole thought process was, you know, my dad's a big fan of, of match play golf. He thinks it's far more fun. You end up sure. playing faster than stroke play, whereas, you know, Sir Max just going to clean my clock every, <laughs> every single day. It might get a little old, uh, you know, match play. I win a hole. Every- now I can pick the tee. There's no tee markers, so I can I can pick the tee. If Zermak wins, he can take me away to the tips and just you know beat me like a drum. You pick the tees as well. Oh my God, this place. Take me there. Yeah, <laughs> your dad loves match play, but he hates golf carts, and he loves the simplicity of the clubhouse <laughs> is pretty amazing too. It's just quite an experience. Yeah, yeah, really simple. Walk in, you know, grab a drink out of the fridge. If you want some food, they'll throw a hot dog or burger on the grill. Super low-key, unassuming, and, and that's how it's been, and hopefully uh, it will remain. And also, uh, Cabot Links, have you been up to Nova Scotia? Yeah, so I go up there uh, a few times a year. We're actually going out uh, next week. Um, cool. Like, like we were talking, we've got to you know, check in on the courses. So we'll play Cabot Links, which is the first course, and then we'll play Cabot Cliffs, which is a core Crenshaw course on a really dramatic site. Um, I get there, you know, lucky enough a few times a year. So speaking of, you mentioned Cor Crenshaw, Bill Cor, Ben Crenshaw, Mike Kaiser. What is it about these three that works so well to create some of the world's best new courses that become uh, instant legends? Ooh, that's, 
That's a good question. Uh, Bill take Cohen and Ben Crenshaw. <laughs> yeah, let me take a deep breath. Uh, <laughs> they're in, they're incredible. Um, you know, I think one thing that makes them unique is they don't they don't have a a template where they you know go around the world, you know, copy pasting what they've done and been successful at, you know, at, at each course, just leaving their stamp and moving on. I I think they they take a lot of time to walk and explore the land by foot and, and they end up having an intimate relationship with, um, with the parts of land where they're going to build a golf course before they start routing it and designing it and building it. Um, so that, that, that's one thing that makes them unique and they're extremely talented. Uh, you know, my dad's whole philosophy has been to find, first of all, with a, a, a great site. So, you know, we don't need to do a demographic study and try to build something, you know, we're close to Chicago. Let's find the best site possible. That's going to give us the best chance um, to build a great golf course. So I think the combination of my dad's persistence to find the best site possible, sandy if possible on the ocean, and then taking Port Crenshaw, who are so good at respecting a site and building something that's, you know, true and, and respectful of that site. And then, you know, applying their architecture genius, I think it's been a pretty, combination. So Chris, when you said that you would, you know, you like to visit the courses and obviously, you know, test the product, uh, I gotta know, what is your, do you have like a signature thing you like to, when you come back make a little comment on, like you got to pick your spots, right? Like Strat and I once played a Scotland replica course in Las Vegas and there was no water on the course. We almost died out there and we would have come back and be like, guys, water, water coverage needs to be a bit better. Do you go in sometimes and say, Hey, the pencils could be sharpened a little bit nicer or what, what do you, what do you pick your spots on after you go out and you play? Yeah, it, it, it could be anything and everything. Um, so it could be, you know, the, the T markers, you know, based on the wind were way too far back or way too far forward. Uh, one of the things we do when a sure. course is young and it's first year or second year is, you know, really spend a lot of time thinking about the T the positions and, you know, the fairway mow lines and the rough. Um, because, you know, even teams as good as Cork Crenshaw, they'll build a course and then you kind of tweak it as you go. So good example is the 17th hole at Cabot Cliffs, um, dramatic par four right along the whole place, right along the, uh, the bluff there. So Sir Mac would drive the green, but I've got to hit a blind <laughs> tee shot. And, you know, we found it was rolling through the fairway into rough. People were spending way too much time looking for their golf ball. You know, small example, we ended up mowing you know, another 20, 30 yards. So people didn't feel like they had this dramatic shot and then, whoa, I've got a, you know, a lost ball. So it really runs the whole, the whole spectrum from the, the setup of the course to, you know, things like you said, water or benches or, or, or sharpening the pencils. Uh, Chris, that's interesting. you talking about, you know, like on a, a certain hole where it's taking too long to find golf balls. I mean, you, you guys are really about making golf fair and fun not just overly challenging. I feel like there's always a risk reward option. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? You know, um, because you've got such maybe challenging looking golf courses, but it's really not to punish the player. Yeah, no, I, I think that's right. Um, you know, a, a big thing for us and, and the two go hand in hand to an extent is pace of play. Um, you know, if, if you're, if you're making a buddy's trip, you're going to Bandon or Sand Valley or, or any other of these you know, great destinations, if you end up having, you know, five and a half hour round, it can kind of leave a, a, a bitter taste in your mouth. Um, one of the things Absolutely. that leads to that is, you know, 
searching for golf balls. Um, right. So, you know, one of the things David Kidd has done at, at Mammoth Dunes really well, and, and a few others have done really well too, is, is having wits so I can spray my ball and still find it. You know, you guys don't have to come help me find my ball. You guys don't enjoy that. I don't enjoy that. But I can spray <laughs> it, find it, and probably have a, you know, worse chance at, at par than you guys. Sir Matt can take the pro line and, and go for birdie. So we, we can both play our game. But, you know, I'm not necessarily losing balls. We can continue playing quickly and play our games, um, which is a lot more fun than spending half an hour searching for a golf ball. Chris, you're really building me up. Before before you guys came on, I was telling the other guys <laughs> that I was – I played Sunset Ridge yesterday and was struggling off the tee. But thank you. I need this right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your biggest cheerleader, Sir Mac. Chris, what, <laughs> took, what took so long for – uh, David Kidd to build his next course after Bannon with Kaiser because this was his. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is Mammoth Dunes the first one he's built since Bannon original? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was 19 years almost to the day opening Mammoth Dunes after Bannon Dunes. That's a great question. You know, he he went on and and he's been really successful. He's built a lot of golf courses, a lot of really good golf courses. Um, in the meantime, you know. Bill Core, Ben Crenshaw, Tom Doak, you know Rod Rod Whitman up in uh, in Nova Scotia building Cabot Links. But obviously, there are a lot of other really talented designers. Um, I, I think what what brought it home, my uh, my brother Michael and my dad made a trip to Gamble Sands in 2014. I want to say a new course for, uh, by David Kidd in the state of Washington, and they had an awesome time. You know, it was all the things that we look for: playable, fun dramatic visuals, great architecture, uh, all of the above. And, and that kind of shot him to the top of our list to work with him at Sand Valley, where, where we wanted all those things. And we wanted a distinct look compared to the first. So it, it was a long time coming. I think we knew we'd, we'd work with him again. And it was pretty cool for Michael and I to be able to work with him, you know, 19 years later, having watched him work with our dad. Um, that was really special. For sure. And you mentioned all of those things. And this was actually the question I wanted to ask you the most when I heard we were having you on after I played all the courses at Bandon, um, I feel like Matt Strat and I have been really lucky to play some of the best courses around the world. I haven't played Sand Valley, um, but like I said, Bandon a month ago. And to me, what stood out the most is, you know, most people that are at Bandon, most people know it's, it's a journey to get there and um, it's an elevated experience. And most of the people that are there are probably pretty wealthy, right? But it's so inclusive, at the same time, like this doesn't feel like a country club where you're going to get scolded for what you're wearing on the first tee. Every starter employee is as excited as you are because they know what you're about to experience and that's why they work there. Right. So I wanted right. to know about how your family creates this incredible blend of elevated golf and um, an inclusive environment. That's a great question. Um you know, I, I think number one is, is the staff at each of those properties. You know, when you go to Bandon Dunes or let's say Sand Valley, you know, the point you made about them being excited and smiling, but also encouraged to be themselves. So you're, you're not getting a, you know, a stock welcoming. Um, you know, we encourage all of our staff to be true to themselves, but to offer excellent service. And so I think that helps kind of set the tone that, hey, when you're here, you don't have to put on airs. You don't have to worry like, oh, you know, should I be wearing a sport coat or a button down? Show up as you are and, you know, re respect the game and, and let's say the property to the extent you need to. But otherwise, just have an awesome time. So if you show up in a T-shirt, you know, in flip-flops, you know, we're not going to ask you not to come to the clubhouse. Come on in. How can we help you? 
Um, yeah. So I think it really it starts with the staff uh, first and foremost. That's awesome because I got a killer set of uh, soft spikes on a pair of sandals that I've been itching to use for a long time now. <laughs> so uh, thank God for that. How uh, how has the kind of the abandoned property evolved since it first opened? If you had to pick a couple of uh, key features that you've seen change in your time, Ooh, that's a good question. I mean, it it's changed dramatically when it when it opened. There was abandoned dunes, and there was a single wide trailer that was the you know reservations slash office space slash uh, you know pro shop and and check in and that was it. Um, so th- those were kind of the, the frontier days where anyone who got out there was a true a true explorer. Uh, and in that first year, there were, you know far more guests than I think my dad ever expected. So now to have you know four full eighteen hole golf courses, the the preserve, their shorties at the practice center, um, you know plenty for you to stay for four or five plus days and, and have a great time. I, I think the growth is probably the most dramatic change. I'm trying to think of anything else that you'd you notice, and I don't know if I have a, a good answer right off the bat. I, I'd hope that the ethos of the place is, has stayed the same throughout, and that's a good thing. Any chance that that uh, single wide trailer is still kicking around? <laughs> <laughs> in in our preview year at Sand Valley 2016, we had kind of a single wide trailer village, you know, storage, our pro shop, our offices. Um, so that's been our approach in the early years, kind of go with these temporary buildings. And uh, some people are, are sad to see them go. They kind of miss them. I mean, think about turning one into a snack shack on the ninth hole. You know, maybe you throw a couple of beer taps in there. I don't know. I'm shooting from the yeah. hip here. I don't want to tell you how to do your job, Chris, wow. but I mean, I'm just, <laughs> uh, you know, if you need any help, you let me know. Charge a fee for the, uh, for the yeah. idea. You give me a free round of abandon and we'll consider everything square. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for some great market research from Strat. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> But, so, but Chris, I mean, so I've never been out to Bandon, obviously would love to get there, but everybody that I've talked to, including uh, Ev, has a different opinion. It's a great opinion about the tracks, about what their favorite is. Do you have, I, mm-hmm. I, I'm sure you're partial to all of them in some special way, mm-hmm. but can you, could you rank your favorite um, in order at the Bandon Resort? Oh, that's tough. That's tough. <laughs> um, honestly, I feel like after each trip, I come back with maybe a new one. It was... Sure. Um, it was it was probably Bandon Dunes for the longest time. Okay. Yeah, I probably played it the most, gotten the most comfortable with it, had a good good relationship with it. Um, a few years ago, I went out and had just an incredible morning uh, on Pacific Dunes. It was just you know a, a perfect day. Fog was slowly burning off, and you know the morning light had this kind of mythical experience. So that kind of jumped out to me. But you know, I think after each trip, I kind of you know come home with maybe a new or, or different appreciation for one of the courses. So. Okay. Wish I had that answer for you in the, in the depth chart, but, uh, <laughs> but it sounds like, I mean, you can have a, that back, like you said, mythical, like that bagger Vance experience on every course, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. That's pretty cool. Chris, speaking of rankings, yeah. I got to talk to you about trails. Okay. Uh, yeah. I heard a lot yeah. of people when I was there talk about how the common mistake that first time visitors make at Bannon property is they skip Bannon trails because it's not on the water. And just so you know, I'll give you my ranking if you want it, but my number one is Bannon trails. And I just, I can't believe that people would actually skip it. It's an unbelievable course. I I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. You know, we, we talk about it, my brother and my dad and I, and obviously we're, we're partial, but our take is that if Bannon trails 
were built separate from Bain and Dunes Golf Resort, if, if it was its own entity, let's say, you know, miles away or in a different state, that its ranking would be higher and that, you know, people would maybe think about it a little bit differently. I, I think, you know, for some people, you get to Bain and Dunes, you want to be on the ocean, right? Because you're right on the coastline. Um, so maybe they discount it. But but I'm with you. I, I think it's awesome. And my sense is some of the better players tend to enjoy it more and rank it a little bit higher in their list. Well, there you go. So I don't know what that says about your golf game. There you go. It makes sense. It's really interesting, Chris, because, you know, obviously with all the success at Bandon and now what you guys are doing in the state of Wisconsin uh, with Sand Valley, um, it's just taken off so well. Can you talk a little bit about Sand Valley and how it's similar but different to the Bandon courses? Yeah. Um, you know, that, that simple formula I mentioned, you know, that my dad started was kind a great sandy site yep uh combine it with a, a a brilliant a talented architect and team and then the third piece is the ocean now we obviously don't have the ocean in central wisconsin um we like to right. think we have an ocean an ocean of sand surrounding the site and so that visual of just huh. dunes surrounding you as far as the eye can see i think is, is really distinct and unique and a lot of the people that drive up you know, you're, you're driving from Chicago, let's say, through farmland. You go literally through this town called Big Flats, you know, maybe five miles away. You're thinking, where are we going? What is this place? Right. And then you turn into the property, and it kind of hits you. There are these, you know, 40 to 80-foot sand dunes um, and dunescapes, and, and that visual is pretty compelling. Um, so we don't have the ocean, but but we do have the other two. We're obviously lucky to work with Cor Crenshaw on the first course. And our par three course, the Sandbox, and then David Kidd at Mammoth Dunes. And then I think, you know, everything else in terms of the ethos that we were talking about of, of when you show up, making sure that you feel comfortable, that it's unassuming, you know, that there's great service. You know, we're, we're not going to hit you for Wi-Fi charges or ATM charges. You know, we've got $2 beers at Craig's Porch. We, we just want to make sure once you're there, you have a great experience. So I, I, I would hope in terms of the experience, it's pretty similar. Obviously, we're not on the ocean, but. Um, you know, sand-based golf courses, play firm and fast on windy days. It could be a pretty similar playing style. Uh, how often are you getting out there, Chris? Are you and with Mammoth Dunes just opening? Um, are you kind of splitting your time focusing on certain certain tracks up there, whether it's be the sandbox as well? Yeah, with um, now that we're in season, you know, so I'm, I'm full time in Chicago, but I, I try to get to Sand Valley once a week or once every other week. Uh, my older brother Michael lives in, in Madison and in the summers is essentially full-time at Sand Valley. So he's there every day. Obviously we've got our, our GM and management team up there, but I try to get there every week, every other week. And especially as we're growing, you know, adding new courses, we've got a new restaurant on the way in about, you know, four to six weeks, you know, we're adding hotel rooms. So as we grow physically, um, sure. it takes more of my time because that's what I focus on. Chris, can you tell us about your dad and your guys's decision uh, and strategy to build fun par three courses at these world-class resorts. Cause for example, in context for the listeners, when I went to Bandon, the preserve is a 13 hole par three course. That's right on the water, arguably some of the best views on the property. And for me, uh, we, we did it last. So that was like, we did the preserve after we played Pacific dunes on our last day. And then we did the punch bowl, which is an 18 hole putting course. And it was just like the most fun way to finish the trip there. And some people say is the highlight for them. It, it might've been for me. So can you talk about that strategy and the decision to make 
um, these fun par three courses. Yeah, that's interesting you say that because I've heard that before, and we're, we're encouraging everyone at Bandon Sand Valley get warmed up by going out on the preserve, and you've got the opportunity to also come back if you had a great time. Um, I, you know, I think it started. My, my dad and the team at Bandon were noticing that not as many groups were playing. 36 holes in a day as they would have guessed. You know, I think we kind of assume if you're making the trek out there, you know, this group is going to play 36, maybe 54, you know, we'll pack it in. And that wasn't true for every group. And and part of that could be a demographic and in, in golf in general. Um, you know, so we're, we're think of other ways where you could play 18 and then still have, you know, golf related activity um, that stood up to the, to the full 18 hole golf courses. So, that's where the, the preserve and then the punch ball came from, you know, making sure everyone has an opportunity to, to play more golf, even if let's say they're not up for, you know, an additional 18 to get to 36 or 54. Um, and then also just, just the focus on fun. Um, you know, one, one of the reasons at the preserve and, and, and at the sandbox why we don't have 18 holes is because I think then you just kind of forget about your, your score, you know, on a part 13 at, at the preserve, you know, pars 39, no one, no one's going to ask you really what your score was, right? It's how much fun was that? You know, what was your match? It's all about the match and, and having fun. And, you know, we, we find people just love it. You know, they don't beat themselves up over their score. They just, they just have a great time. Chris, I, I think that's really, really cool. Like what you guys, what you guys been doing, especially with like a par three course. I mean, we go on, I go on golf trips and it sometimes just becomes a grind. You know, because you're just playing so right. much golf, like 36 holes, but like within it's fun, but it just becomes really tiring to step back and play a par three course, maybe for your second 18 is so much more enjoyable. You know, I think physically totally. and mentally, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and sometimes you, know, you have, you have good matches with your buddies. And so maybe you're grinding out, you know, four footers, you know, three and a half footers, right. which, uh, which is fun, but it can wear on you So to go out on the preserve. There's, you know, and you have groups of eight and they're doing, you know, four on four scrambles in one group. So, you know, th there's no more grinding. You can still have that, you know, competition, but it's just, it's all about fun. So Chris, I don't know what the hell's going on in Wisconsin, but <laughs> Sand Valley, Aaron Hills, Whistling Straits. I mean, it could be the cheese. It could be the dairy in general, but <laughs> what the hell is going on okay. in that state? <laughs> It's making it become it's, such a uh, breakout golf hotspot. Could, it could be the spotted cow too. You know, you never know. Um, oh, that, these they're from it. LA. They're not familiar. So think it's, about it's, it. Okay. It's, it's, I've milked a cow. To, I milked a cow once, sir. I milked a cow once in my it's, life. I'm a St. Louis yeah, guy. It's, so it's, don't it's that. a it's a craft beer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's incredible. And and there's really there's so many other awesome courses. Lawsonia Links is one that I'd put right up there for under a hundred bucks. Um, you know, I'd, I'd make sure you, you throw it into that foray, but you know, we feel extremely fortunate to have been able to open Sand Valley the year the U.S. Open was at Aaron Hills. I mean, there was a spotlight shot on the state, and I, I don't know if if one of us had the foresight to see that, you know, before years out when we started the project, but that was a huge a huge boost for us because you know. So many retail golfers, so many writers, media influencers were in the state. And so we got to kind of, you know, jump into the, into the party and uh, be mentioned along with Aaron Hill, you know, whistling straights, which, which was awesome. Um, and, and we're seeing, you know, a lot more 
groups coming from farther away that might, you know, stay with us for one, two, three nights and then go to Iron Hills and go to Kohler. And we, we think that's great. You know, we want to do as much as we can to, to push that and promote that because we think, you know, rising tide is going to raise all ships and hopefully it's good for everyone in the state of Wisconsin. So speaking of making the trek, nice segue, Chris, uh, I wanted you to help our listeners. I mean, I'm sure as they're listening to this, they're just ready to book it because I want to go back just <laughs> listening to you. Uh, so I want to talk travel tips because I know there's all these little okay. secrets and things that once you go or you, you talk to someone that's been there before, for example, my buddy had been banned a couple of times. He knew that we should play the courses on the water in the morning. There's less wind mm-hmm. and wait to play trails in the afternoon. Um, do you have travel tips or things like that when you're booking it for Bandon and Sand Valley specifically? Yeah, Bandon, Bandon absolutely depends on how long you're going. You know, what you mentioned about playing certain courses at different times, I think is important. You know, if you're playing Old Mac, I'd say try to play it in the morning. The wind gets in the afternoon, and at Old Mac, you're, you're the most exposed, so you can just really get um, kind of beat up by the wind. Uh, if you're playing a, a late afternoon or even early evening, to play Bandon Dune pretty great because as the sun starts setting, you're playing some of the finishing holes, including the 16th Bandon, which is kind of our, uh, you know, part postcard hole, which is a pretty pretty special experience. Um, and then, like I mentioned, trying to get the preserve in, I'd say earlier rather than kind of the, the last round because you might have so much fun you want to squeeze it in, you know, later. Not even canceling around, but just kind of squeezing it in maybe dinner. So those those are kind of my my general tips there um, for Sand Valley. We've got a few different uh, cottages, which are perfect for groups of four to eight. They're called the Lake Leopold cottages. So we can get eight guys uh, in one cottage. There's a big common room, outdoor porch, fire pits. Just an awesome experience uh, for groups. Sounds great. <laughs> Let's do it. It's four. Yeah. Group of four. We can, uh, we can make it happen. And then you're maybe 70 yards away from Craig's porch, which is our uh, turn stand for Sand Valley, where we've got, you know, brats years and uh, a great sunset views strat loves that he loves the snacks big big trailers. big brats guy but yeah trailers <laughs> snacks brats, brats and beers. We, we gotta get you to wisconsin strat yeah i'm down love cheese <laughs> wait for uh, the cheese well, curds yeah they'll, they'll change you i guess before we let you go i mean this has been great uh there's a couple one thing we really want to ask you about is uh coal links up in northeast scotland um you know what we can what we can find online is this obviously this be your first course in Scotland. It's up near Dornock, um, Cora Crenshaw, your dad. Um, what can you tell us about this and where this is maybe going? Well, we 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 all have fingers crossed. We're hoping that we get the approval to uh, to move forward. Recently, you know, kind of the I guess the holdup uh, were some um, environmental. Uh, protests towards towards our project right. uh those are those have recently been um removed so the group that was um kind of in opposition to the project has removed their their points of opposition so that was big and the partner on the ground town warnick is uh is, is working with local communities and we're hopeful that uh pretty darn soon we could get the green light to move ahead it's it's an awesome site it's yeah. uh you know being just just down the road from Royal Dornick, uh, you know, I think my dad's top one or two or three golf courses, same with Bill 
Shaw, you know, all the history there, it would be it would be really, really special to do our, our first project there. And we also heard the rumblings, and I know you guys are trying to keep this under wraps, so you may not have much to tell us, but this new core Crenshaw course at Bandon uh, to be the sixth course, if you're including the preserve, apparently is the best land on the property? Yeah, so... <laughs> So there is a, there is a course north of Old Mac, which you might see if you're playing 16th and Old Mac. Uh, it's, a, it's across the road, Whiskey Whiskey Creek Lane, called the Sheep Ranch, which has been there for years. Tom Doe kind of laid out a few different tee boxes and greens complexes, and it's kind of you know choose your hole, you know. So we we'd go play one green, and whoever won the hole would would just kind of choose at random where you want to go next. So that's been there for a while, and, and we've long kind of talked about could it become something else. So we're, we're thinking about that, but um, at this point, we're, we're, we're staying focused on what we have on property. The sheep ranch is still just the sheep ranch. So. And Chris, just to help people, I heard about the sheep ranch when I was there. You literally just you meet someone there and give them cash, and then you just kind of go off on your own? That's pretty much it. Yeah, it's a, wow. it's not <laughs> it's not totally integrated with the resort. So, yeah, you call a number. Uh, superintendent meets you out there, uh, lets you through the gate, so you drive on in. Uh, water their greens with a, an old uh, fire truck to give you a sense of wow. of the experience there. You're, you know, you're right on the coast. You're on the bluff. There's these dramatic rock formations out in the ocean. Um, you know, for, for some people, it's, uh, it's arguably their, their favorite experience out there, but not many people get out there. It's a limited few who have made that, made that trek. Yeah. I regret not doing that. Cash, Damn it. cash <laughs> only. No, no Venmo strat, no Venmo. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris. Well, this was, this was great. Um, thanks so much for coming on. I'm sure everyone that just listened to that wants to visit all your properties. But um, for us, you know, I think in the next year we're going to need to schedule a trip out to Sand Valley. So get ready to have a few drinks with us and maybe recreate the high school battles that we alluded to at the wow. top of the show. <laughs> I'll start polishing up my game. Yeah. No, Polish Chris, uh, <laughs> Chris, thanks for coming on. It means a lot. Thanks, Chris. Thank you, guys. This is awesome. I had a lot of fun. Mm-hmm.